This is the Glasses by Day Geek by Night podcast. I'm Matt and today I'm going to be doing rewatch. So rewatch is where I compare and contrast a TV series to its comic counterpart. So on the agenda today, as it has been for the last few weeks, is Invincible. So I'm up to season one, episode six. So episode six is dealing with the aftermath after Mark fought with Titan to um, take down Machine Head and he gets his ass kicked by Battle Beast. Um, himself, Monster Girl and Samson are all in the hospital so the episode opens with um, a new player um, a new bad guy kind of thing and he's kidnapping douchebags from um, an American campus Upstate University and he's chopping them up and making them into robots so off the bat it's a pretty solid episode Um, it's kind of paving the way for future episodes It's, it's looking for things that can cause Viltrumite to bother basically all the way through and I feel like this is what Robert, I've said it before, Robert Kirkman is really good at trying to set the stage for future events and I feel like he does that pretty well in this episode. Pretty brutal off the bat with um, the all-American douchebag getting his vocal cords chopped out as well. I kind of feel like, you know, you know we, we like the gore, we like the blood, you know, what's not to like? Um, the book is filled with much more than this, though, to be fair, do you know what I mean? Um, I kind of feel like, you know, we, we all know that most of them are going to probably pull through, do you know what I mean, as well, in the hospital. Um, I also feel like um, someone really needs to tell Robot to stop being really inappropriate with uh, Monster Girl, because I kind of feel like she's not exactly saying, yeah, you know, come and, you know, I'm inviting you into my inner space kind of thing, it's it's just not working, I kind of feel like, you know, at least in the comic, they had like, it, it was, yeah, I feel I feel like in the series, it's a lot more creepy than it was in the comic, but maybe, maybe that's just the way that it's coming across, so who knows. I know at some points during these uh, these podcasts, I've basically said that I'm not that keen on all of the voice acting that goes on in um Invincible, but J.K. Simmons is he's brilliant for the role. Walton Goggins brilliant as Cecil Stedman. The one pair that uh, I can't get behind Amber. I kind of feel like even though Mark's been allegedly hit by a bus, she seems to somehow make it about her. And I just like come on, it's really getting old now, kind of thing. You know, if you can't forgive him when he's been hit by a bus, uh, I just you know. Yeah, she is one character that I feel like they did not need to make more out of. Like I've said it before, she in the in the comics she's basically a secondary character. By the time they like a few months into university, she's she's gone. She's not even in it anymore. I just kind of feel like that they've really tried to you know make it as diverse as possible by adding her in, and I just don't think it was really necessary to a certain extent. They had a lot more fun things that they could have done with William his best mate than they could than Amber. I kind of feel like they, they've added, you know, they've created Amber for this. She's in the comic, but she's knowing that they've tried to make her as, you know, into, you know, like saving the world as possible and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like it just didn't need to happen. You've got Eve for that. I kind of feel like you don't need to have brought Amber in and then him have him. It's not like, you know, if you're thinking Mark is going to then, you know, he's like going to have a conflict where he's going to think, well, I've got Eve who does this, and then I've got Amber who does this. 
they're both trying to be the same fucking person doesn't make any fucking sense. Both of them are trying to save the world in their own way. I kind of feel like, you know, at least have him thinking, well, Amber's the simple life. You know, you know she represents, yeah, you know, like, life without being a, a superhero. Whereas Eve represents the superhero life, the powered life. I just kind of feel like... They're making it so that, yeah, like, he hasn't even got a choice here. It's just, like, they're both exactly the same person. I might as well just stick with the first one I had. It makes no sense. I kind of feel like Amber is a nothing character to me, and she needs to go. I'm I'm tempted to write a really, really passionate email and send it over to Robert Kirkman, because he needs to do something about this, because he's done it before, he's got rid of it before, he can do it again. Anyway, back to the, back to the episode. So, um... Mark, Mark is going to Upstate University with Amber and William, um, and William is trying to get it on with a guy that he's got it on with in the past, um, this Rick guy, and I kind of feel like this is one of the things that I was talking about in the comic, um, William, it, he's not a, you know, he is gay, obviously, but he's not initially gay, I kind of feel like they could have really gone into a, a story here, do you know what I mean, They could have. it could have been like, a whole thing about him coming out rather than, oh, I know, let's just big up Amber, who made no sense in the first place. I just kind of feel like it was just meh. Then we've got all this stuff with Debbie. Debbie's doing my head in. I kind of feel like they need to make their mind up story-wise what they're doing with her because, you know, she's been, like, you know, suspicious of Nolan from the beginning after the Guardians died that something wasn't quite right. And then... She went, you know, they went on holiday while Mark was, you know, in space. And then she watched Nolan not, like, fight the dragon in Italy or wherever they were. And then come home and had sex with him in the living room. I just didn't make sense to me. I was like, why would she do that? It makes no sense. I kind of feel like it had that bit, had the bit where Mark walks in and she's got a t-shirt on, a shirt on backwards and stuff like that, happened in the comic. And I think they thought, oh, that was quite funny in the comic, and added it in. But it made no sense to the story at that point. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, and I kind of feel like, how stupid is Nolan that he's kept his suit in the living room of the house that he lives with, where he lives with Debbie, and he knows that Debbie's a little bit suspicious of him. I kind of feel like, is he thick? The guy can fly to the moon. He could have, like, dug a hole in the moon and just left it there. He could have, like, put it in an ocean, you know, far, far. You know what? I kind of feel like it's it's almost like they're leaving the plot holes here so that he can get caught. It's just no, you know, he's not exactly playing the long game here, I don't think. And uh, then they objectify Rick a bit later on down the line, you know, with shaking his ass. You know, I kind of feel like you couldn't do that with, um, with a woman. But, you know... What do I know? Do you know what I mean? I will say, Eve by far has the best power. I kind of feel like she can just make stuff out of nothing. Do you know what I mean? How many times has she just made a door and just walked through it? I just kind of feel like, you know, her, parent, her dad especially, is he's coming across as a douche in it kind of thing. But I kind of feel like, you know, for good reason. For good reason. She's not exactly, you know, like... Um, help in her situation, he wants her to be normal, he wants her to just, you know, do normal things and stuff like that, she's hell-bent on saving the world to a certain extent, so, good for her, um, 
this kind of thing, hair leaving home does happen in the comic, but it happens a bit later on down the line. And I'm sure she built, from what I can remember, she builds herself a house, not a treehouse. And, you know, she is, you know, she does help in Africa by building wells and stuff like that. But I kind of feel like they're, they're trying to get to this point a little bit quicker. And I kind of feel like that's probably a good idea. Um, that said, I kind of feel like, you know, the, the triangle thing isn't really a thing at the moment between Mark, Amber and Eve. I kind of feel like Amber needs to do one and make way for Eve at some point. I just, meh. That said, this is um, rewatch. It is not that I hate Amber um, show. So we're going to keep on the rewatch. Right, so the villain of this particular um, episode is D.A. Sinclair. This guy's a genius and his whole thing is that he hates human weakness. So he's trying to build a better human through cybernetics and what does he call them reanimate that's what it is and um he's going to be a kind of a big deal in future episodes if it goes anything like the comic does and basically they're looking for ways to hurt and kill viltramites and reanimate can actually put up a fight against the viltramites so as you'll see in this episode and um, there's a bit of a filler bit in the middle where you know mark and amber are like having their little date you know i just kind of I, I kind of switched off a little bit during this because it's not going anywhere for me she's doing me i did um yeah the reanimate he shows shows up and he's like rampaging he's like he's not happy do you know what i mean um I kind of feel like, you know, this all happened in the comic. I'm pretty sure from what I can remember, Amber wasn't there whatsoever. Um, it just, she didn't really need to be here. It was just another plot hole that they wanted to put in that um, showed that, um, you know, like, it's just another way for her to be angry with Mark because actually he disappears. And she's like, oh, he left me. Do you know what I mean? You left me, you ran away. And actually he's the one there fighting the Rhiannon um yeah this is where william finds out um william finds out because mark obviously saves him it's quite a quite a cool moment in the in the series to be fair because um <laughs> william is like all he wants to do is fly <laughs> he wants he wants to be flown around see me flying or i'm gonna tell everyone i kind of feel like that you know the William aspect of it, I quite liked. You know what I mean. Even though he's a lot more annoying in this than he ever was in the comic, so I do like from time to time how they pan back and show like, um, you know, like the crowd watching kind of um, Invincible. I think it's quite cool visuals. Um, no, pretty decent episode thus far. Do you know what I mean? I kind of feel like the Reanimator was um, a good, you know, a good thing to bring in this early on. Um, yeah, the in this in the series and in the comic, the the first reanimate um, impales itself on this stupid, yeah, you know, like spike thing. Um, yeah, that said, it's not like he's very attractive when he looks into the water. Um, no, all in all, it's not a bad episode. You know, what I mean, I feel like, like I said, the amber stuff. It's I feel like a lot of it's unnecessary. Um, more Eve stuff for me. Um, you know, I feel like Debbie is kind of doing my head in to a certain extent. But I feel like they, they've tried to make Debbie a lot more of a stronger character. Because in the comics, she's she's weak as fuck. She, she, you know, this version of Debbie 
if she goes back to Nolan later on, spoiler by the way, um, you know, because eventually she will, do you know what I mean? If she does, then they haven't really taken into consideration what they've done with the character. I kind of feel like they've made the character quite strong. She's basically, she's on to Nolan. By the end of this episode, she's well onto him. She basically tells him, do you know what I mean? And he doesn't like it. He's used to being the man of the house kind of thing. He doesn't want to be told what to do by a woman in his eyes, do you know what I mean? Especially a human woman. You know, eventually he's going to treat, he's going to tell everyone, tell Mark especially, that he treats her like a pet. Do you know what I mean? I kind of feel like Nolan is, you know, he was born to be a, you know, a big douche kind of thing, so. I do feel like the, the invincible costume doesn't really hide Mark's identity whatsoever. It's covering his eyes, his hair's still there, his chin's still there. I kind of feel like, you know, come on, you know, Especially if you've been right next to him and Mark's disappeared. You know it's him. It has to be him. Do you know what I mean? It's not like Spider-Man where it's covering his whole face kind of thing. That said, at least he's trying to hide his identity. Eve hasn't even got a mask on. She's literally, <laughs> she literally put a suit on and flying around. And, you know, if you don't know that is Adam, Adam Eve is Eve Wilkins, there is a problem. Do you know what I mean? There is a major, major problem. So... You know, I even quite like Mark Hamill as art. You know, the the um, the tailor. I kind of feel like, you know, he plays a solid. I kind of feel like you know, Mark Hamill does turn up in a lot of voice voice acting roles. Do you know what I mean? But I kind of feel like this one's not too bad. I feel like he's he's not in it enough to steal the show. He's not in it enough to you know, like say, oh, that's the Joker's voice, or even Skeletor and the new He Man stuff. Um, no. I kind of feel like, you know, this scene in particular, I kind of feel like, why did they not force, you know, I kind of feel like they did this in the comic as well. It always made me feel like Debbie and Art were going to get together later on down the line and kind of, you know, it just didn't force the issue kind of thing. And I feel like it's more likely to happen in the series than it would have in the comics because Debbie's a lot stronger in this, like I said. But I kind of feel like, you know, this whole scene where, you know, like, you know, Nolan's stupid enough to have left his suit out and stuff like that, it wouldn't happen in real life. I get that. I obviously get it to cartoon and get it to comic and all this, but come on. The guy can fly fly up to the moon and he could have left it there. He could have, you know, flew it and chucked it into the sun. Just, you know, it makes no sense. I love the way that Amber's idea of, like, you know, getting back at Mark a little bit is going to a college party and, you know, maybe or maybe not chatting up this other guy. I know that it hasn't come across that way, but that's kind of the way they always felt to me when I've watched it. So, the William bit in this where he finds out it's amazing. It's so funny. You're invincible, holy shit, and all this, and you never told me. I kind of feel like, brilliant, but yeah, it's really, really good. I kind of feel like it's it's what we needed. Then you've got Adam Eve, like I said, out trying to save the world as good as she can. She's making plants grow and, you know, like, crops grow and stuff like that. I kind of feel like it's exactly what she needed to do. I I always thought that the, you know, the robot um, aspect of this was, a, you know, a weird, a weird, weird storyline in the first place where he's, like, growing... You know, a new body for himself out of Rex's cells 
and he's getting them all the twins to do it. I feel like this is the this is the beauty of a of Robert Kirkman. I kind of feel like there's so many things going on under the surface, and if you're not really paying attention, you don't even realize it's happening. And he's you know, I kind of feel like Robot is such a big character in the Invincible Universe, and it leads to such a good storyline where you know. I don't want to say too much, but mm, doesn't exactly you know, come off the best in the end. Um, but I kind of feel like this all needed to happen quite early on so that we could get an idea of you know, where the future of Invincible is going to go. Uh, the episode for me culminates in the idea of um, Rick being kidnapped because he stood up to DA Sinclair and William going down into the sewers looking for him. Yeah, he did try and get Mark to help him in the first place, but Mark just, yeah, he's too busy trying to save Amber. This is what I'm talking about. I kind of feel like, Amber, you're screwing everything up, girl. Time for you to leave. Yeah, um, yeah you've got Nolan and Art on the roof having beers. Art's like secretly afraid of Nolan he's worried that he's going to get killed he's Nolan's trying to gauge what he knows what he doesn't know it's there's a lot of psychological games going on in this episode kind of feel like you've got Nolan playing psychological games Amber's always on the psychological game from the beginning um yeah the episode culminates with uh, with Mark going down into the sewers and he um, he's trying to find uh, William before William gets killed and all this, and um, he ends up fighting a load of these Rihanna men, and uh, one of which is Rick, and uh, he's getting his ass kicked, and it's not great. You know, I do kind of feel like Ezra Miller was just like un, you know, unnecessary as DA Sinclair. It just it didn't need to happen. I kind of feel like meh. Um, Jonathan Groff as Rick really didn't need to happen either. I kind of feel like you could put literally anyone in these roles and it'd be fine. I kind of feel like are we just are we picking these people so that people start watching Invincible? Is that what it is? If if you get the best voice cast in the world, is that more likely to make people watch? Because I feel like I'm not too bothered by who the voice actor is as long as they do a good job. And I kind of feel like nah. I, I kind of feel like the voice acting sometimes I just don't believe them as you know, you know they're doing what they're doing in the cartoon. I kind of feel like I feel like the best the best voice voice acting for me is where they've been a bit method with it. Where if they've if they're doing a lot of running, if they're doing a lot of fighting, that they're, they're really yeah. You know, when you watch the videos on YouTube and stuff like that, they're actually getting into it. And I kind of feel like I just don't believe that on Invincible at the moment. Well. Mark eventually gets the upper hand, um, thanks to Rick coming to his senses and pulling out his little brain box thing. Um, William even gets a few licks in on D.A. Sinclair and he beats him down a little bit, but then in the end, uh, Mark uh, goes a bit rogue and um, breaks his jaw. Yeah, it's pretty decent backhand and it happens in this and in the comic and it's a lot more graphic in the comic from what I can remember. So I kind of feel like Nah, as graphic as they are, they they've got they're trying their best to keep the animation exactly the same. I think that's the beauty of the comic that you know, provided that they don't change it to you know too substantially, they can do what they want with the you know with the comic art. I feel like with the animation, they've, they're sticking with the same thing over and over again. I kind of feel like nah, it's all right. 
Then after this, enter Cecil Stedman thinking, right, yeah, I've got people here that can actually do damage to Viltrumite. You know, keep that in the, in the back burner for later on when we know that Nolan is the, actually the bad guy. So The episode ends with um, Debbie confronting Nolan and basically saying, why would you kill everyone while she's in like a drunken rage? Um, Nolan loses his rag after this, breaks a bottle, punches a hole in a wall. Could have done a lot worse, I know. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like pretty solid episode. Um, nothing too much happened. Yeah, I kind of feel like considering we found out Nolan was a bad guy in the very first episode, I kind of feel like they're taking their time to get to the point now. I kind of feel like at least, you know, the suspense was there. Yeah, like in the, the comic, I kind of feel like they at least let Mark become a superhero before he actually had to, you know, worry about the Guardians dying and all this. I just kind of feel like they, they jumped the gun slightly, do you know what I mean? Um, the end of the episode, it's got like a mid-credit scene where two kids are um, digging up the immortal to drink from his um, skull and the Mortal twins turn up. And obviously that's going to be something happening later on down the line, something... Something to do with the immortal, so I'll let you let you watch. I'll go over it when I get to it. Okay, yeah. Right, I'm Matt, and this has been the Glasses by Day Keep by Night podcast, and this has been Rewatch. Thanks for listening.